And I want to start off this morning asking you this question. What is the greatest Christmas surprise that you've ever experienced? A surprise that brought joy and excitement and amazement to your life. And I want you to think about that for a moment. Was it a relative that you didn't think was going to make it home for Christmas and then all of a sudden there's a knock at the door and you open the door and there's that loved one that you haven't seen in a long time and they just blessed your Christmas Just you were just amazed? Or was it uh, a Christmas where you were serving food and maybe blessing those that are needy and, and, the, and, and the person that you blessed just came up to you and just gave you a, a huge hug and said how much they appreciated what you were doing for them and you were just overwhelmed and surprised and amazed. There's so many things that we could be surprised about. How many have ever been surprised by a, a gift that you received? It was something that you didn't tell anyone that you were wanting that particular gift. You thought, well, that's probably too expensive. No one's going to get that for me. And then all of a sudden on Christmas, you open that gift and you're amazed and surprised. Well, probably there's no one in history that was more surprised than Mary. None of our Christmas surprises come anywhere close to what Mary experienced. I want you to, to read the story with me in Luke chapter 1. Let's begin with verse 26 and read through verse 38. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And I want to focus on that verse today, and especially upon the last part of that verse, where the angel Gabriel says, Blessed are you among women. There's three times in this passage where that phrase is used, or a part of that phrase is used. And I want us to look at that today. Let's, but let's read the rest of the passage. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the, Mo of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God nothing will be impossible. Notice how Gabriel there 
is giving her an illustration of something that is it, it was supposed to be impossible, which Elizabeth was well up in years, wasn't able to conceive, and yet God miraculously caused her to conceive. And so the angels reminding Mary and giving Mary encouragement, God did a miracle in your cousin Elizabeth, and God is doing a miracle in your life. Amen? And I want you to receive that today, because that's a truth for every one of us. As we read the story of Mary, it's not just a story of how God did a miracle in Mary's life. It's a story of how God did a miracle in the life of a young lady who was surrendered to Him, who was a lady of faith, but it's a message that God still does miracles in the lives of those who surrender to Him. And church, God desires to do a miracle in your life. And we need to receive that. Amen? For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want us to think about this passage because Mary was surprised. She, she was just overwhelmed. You can try to imagine an angel appearing and then an angel telling you as a young lady, a virgin, who was engaged but hadn't known a man, that she was going to, she was going to conceive a child. And she's, she's trying to wrap her mind around that. She's trying to grasp that. How can this be? And just an angel appearing, what a surprise that would be. But then to tell you, that the child that that's you're going to deliver is going to be more than just a child. He is the Son of God. Wow. What a surprise. Amen? But I want us to look and see her response to this angel and this announcement in her life. In verse 29, it says, But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. She was just trying to grasp it, get a hold of it in her mind. And then in verse 34, it says, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? She's trying to logically figure out, is there any way this possibly could take place? And she's come to the conclusion, there's no way that this could happen. How can this be? But what I want you to really focus on is verse 38. It says, Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. The maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So there's two things. She is humble. She's saying, I'm simply a maidservant of the Lord. And according to your word, let it be. She was surrendering to what God had the angel prophesy over her life. And church, we need to be just like Mary. Notice Mary is humble. She's unassuming. But she's trusting in the Word of the Lord. She's putting faith in God's Word for her life. And church, this Christmas, I want to challenge you. To be humble before the Lord. Recognize that it, if it wasn't for God and His grace, His mercy, His love in your life, where would you be? 
surrendering and saying, Lord, here I am. I'm your servant. And Lord, I want your word to be fulfilled in my life. How many would say yes to that today? Amen. Lord, let your word be fulfilled in my life. She's a beautiful example to us in that. And note, Mary is so unassuming. And I don't think that ever changed in her life. In, in fact, in John chapter 2, verse 5, it was a time when Jesus was turning the water into wine. And notice what Mary says in that instance. She says, it says, His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. She was acknowledging him as the, the answer. Amen? She, she, she was still humble, still unassuming. Says, whatever Jesus says, you need to do it. We see also in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, when the 120 disciples were gathered together in the upper room, according to the word of Jesus, she was there and she was with the rest. The verse says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So Luke felt led of the Holy Spirit to make sure that everyone knew that Mary was there too. That Mary was about to enter in with the rest of the followers of Christ, the 120 that had gathered, the disciples that could be there. She was humble. She wanted to go and to fulfill what Jesus had told her in her life. That very soon there's going to be the promise of the Father, an outpouring of the Spirit of God, and it's going to empower you to be the witness that God wants you to be. And she was saying yes along with everybody else. So Mary continued to have a life of humility and just surrender to the Lord. And if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to, to listen to this. You need to be humble this Christmas and say, Lord, have your way in me. Amen? If you do that, you will have an awesome Christmas. You will. Mary was a woman of faith. In verse 38, she said, Let it be to me according to your word. She trusted the word of God. She welcomed the word of God. When God offers her a miracle, she welcomes the wonder of His working power. Church, when you read that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, when you read in the Word of God that He is still a Lord of miracles and wonders, do you receive that? Do you believe God for miracles? Some of you need a miracle in your life, in your family today, and I want to assure you, you need to approach this Christmas that Christmas miracles still take place. And I'm not talking about the Hallmark movie kind where you end up under the mistletoe with somebody beautiful and you kiss them and fall in love. I'm talking about the miracle of, of encountering a true and a living Savior that transforms your life, that enters into the situations that are broken down, the situations that, that seem so messed up, there's no hope. And Jesus comes to the rescue and turns that situation around and He brings a miracle into your life. Amen? 
There's no doubt that Mary is a very special young woman. But Luke's Gospel shows us and presents us three times with this phrase that I mentioned a moment ago. Blessed among women. Mary, you're blessed among women. And I want us to look at that for just a moment. Because there are three times that it's said, once it's said by Gabriel, once it's said by her cousin Elizabeth, and once Mary even sings that about herself in what's commonly called Mary's song. And so I want you to look with me at the three instances and see what the Lord speaks to us through that. The first one is in verse 28 of chapter 1. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. And she's just overwhelmed by that. Gabriel's words were focused, church, on God's grace. Not to discount that Mary was a very special young lady, a lady of faith, a lady who... Uh, kept herself pure, a lady who loved the Lord and and wanted God's purpose and plan fulfilled in her life. Not discounting that, but Gabriel here is focusing on the grace of God. It's God's grace that's going to come upon you. God's going to work this through your life. And church, we need to recognize that this Christmas. It's God's grace working through our lives. It's God's grace working in our lives. Amen? How many want God's grace working in your life? And and this is a message for us today. God wants His grace to work in you and to work through you. Now the word here in the original language for blessed means you are and will be well spoken of. You are and will be well spoken of. In other words, people will see your life and they will go, wow, there's evidence God's hand is upon you. God's grace is upon you. Look at what God is doing in your life. And church, that's a message for all of us. I want to live that life. How about you? I want people to, to look at my life and say, wow, that's God's grace. That's God's grace. The, the angel says, Notice he says, rejoice, highly favored one. Highly favored one. And Gabriel calls Mary to rejoice because she's highly favored because God's grace is upon her. And yes, Mary was given a role like no one else in human history. We can all agree on that. Amen? But what I want you to understand is that doesn't mean that you are not highly favored of the Lord. Because you are. Turn to somebody this morning and tell them, you're highly favored of the Lord. (laughs) Now turn to them and say, you're blessed. What I want us to see is that this same word is used by the Holy Spirit through Paul the Apostle, in writing to the church in the book of Ephesians. And in chapter 1, verses 3 through 6, you may want to write this down, there's a powerful uh, few verses that Paul gives, and the same word, the exact same word, that God inspired Luke to use in talking about Mary being blessed, now 
the Holy Spirit directs Paul to use that same exact word in telling us that we are blessed just like Mary. Is that amazing? Is that awesome? Oh, come on, church, wake up. That's awesome! Because why? We want to put Mary on this pedestal and say, wow, she's amazing young woman. God used her mightily. The grace of God was upon her. Amen? We, 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 we want to just exalt her like we do many other Bible characters or, or Christian prominent leaders even today. We'll put them on a pedestal and, and think, well, God can never use me like that. That is a lie from the enemy, and that's what we need to see in this passage. It's a lie of the enemy to say, you are not highly favored because you are. You are blessed by God, and He has a, a, a plan that is unique to your life that no one else can fulfill, just like Mary. I want to read that passage in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to you. Blessed be the God and Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, everybody say blessed us, with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. Did you see that? God chose you before He created the world. He had a plan for your life. He chose you in Christ Jesus. That we should be holy and without blame before Him in love having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. In that passage, it tells us that we're chosen in Christ. That God had a plan for us before the foundation of the world and that we are blessed just like Mary, we're blessed and highly favored of God. Oh, come on, church. It's Christmas. Y'all got to get with it. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're blessed. We're highly favored of God. And no one can change that. No one's going to change that. If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. We're the head and not the tail. We read the end of the book and we win. We're highly favored and blessed. So this Christmas, as you, you ponder how miraculous the work and the grace of Mary was in the life of Mary, step back and say, I am just as favored. I am just as blessed. I am just as unique God has a plan for my life. And Lord, just like Mary, I'm going to surrender to that plan and I want your miracle working power to flow through my life. I want to accomplish your plan and what comes through my life will bless this world just like Mary did. Amen? If we understand this, it will free us from putting people on pedestals and thinking, well, only God can do that in their life. God can't use me like that. Or I'm not blessed like that. And church, that's a lie from the enemy. Every one of us is unique 
And God had a plan for our life before the foundation of the world. The choice is, will you surrender like Mary to that plan and say, Lord, let it be according to your word in my life. Lord, I surrender. I'm your servant. Have your way in my life. That's what God's calling, to, calling us to. It also frees us from supposing that only miracles take place in certain people's lives. Because God still does miracles today. And church, He wants to do miracles in your life. Do you believe that today? He wants to do miracles through your life. I want us to look at the second time this phrase is used. It's in the, the uh, uh, Elizabeth. At the moment when Mary comes to Elizabeth and Mary's traveled a great distance. And in, in verse 42 of chapter 1, it says, Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. So Elizabeth now encounters, it was shortly after Mary arrives, and the, and the Lord gives her a revelation that Mary is with child, and that this child is the Son of God. This child is the Messiah. This is awesome. Now we need to remember that Elizabeth was, was older in years. She was experiencing a miracle in her own life. And Mary comes and she travels a great distance. And we need to, to look at verse 41 because something significant took place there. It says, And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the baby le leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In an instant, she was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the baby that we know to be become John the Baptist, he's leaping. He's rejoicing. Why? It's as if he was already starting his call from God to, to declare that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the Lamb of God. And he's already, he begins to leap when he comes into the presence of of Mary carrying the Messiah. He's rejoicing. He's already beginning his work. And, and so Elizabeth, having had the Holy Spirit give her this revelation, Elizabeth says, you're blessed. And in, in saying that you're blessed, she's saying that God has showed me that this is a miraculous conception and the child that you are carrying is the Messiah. And she's saying, you're blessed. You're blessed. Now I want to ask you, why did God give that revelation? Why did God give that revelation to Elizabeth? Well, one reason I think is because of what Mary was going through and all of us go through from time to time. She was worried about what everybody would think. Here's Mary, a young girl, a virgin, but she's going to have a child. 
Is Elizabeth going to believe me? She, she traveled over 50 miles on those ancient roads, so it took her quite a while. And I can just imagine her you know, going over this and over it. How, what are people going to think? And, and what, what are they going to say about me? And, and what can I do to convince her that this is a miracle? That, that I saw the angel and the angel said that I'm blessed among, among women. Well, all of that was going on probably in her mind because all of us struggle with that. When, when we dedicate our life to, to the Lord, what happens? Immediately people will say, oh, you've, you've become one of those holy rollers. Or, oh, it's a phase, it'll pass. Or you're just looking for a crutch in life because you're not a strong person. And the list goes on, and, and there, will, there will be those that are skeptics. Well, there were skeptics in the Bible too. But God was reassuring Mary through Elizabeth that everything's going to be alright. That those who really know are going to understand what I've done in your life, and they're going to say from now until eternity that you are blessed. Amen? Church, there's a powerful message for us there. That when we surrender to the Lord everything and say, Lord, I want your plan. I want your purpose in my life. Lord, I want to fulfill, Lord, what you have for me. That, that there will be those that will not understand. But God is going to make sure that those that are believers are on board and they're going to understand. He's saying it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Aren't you thankful for a, a father like that? A heavenly father who cares? In church, you don't ever be ashamed of showing your spirituality. Don't ever be ashamed of letting people know that you are a Christian and that you love Jesus. That He has transformed your life. Because just like Elizabeth, God by His Spirit will touch those that... Uh, Know Him, and they're going to know what God's called you to do. Sometimes it's difficult. Amen? You know, I'm going to tell off on my, my daughter. She's not here. She's in Hawaii. So just a, a couple of years ago, Misha came to me and said, Dad, I really feel like God's calling me back to Hawaii. And I said, I don't think so. I think it's you wanting to be out of this snow. And, and I fought it. And I was struggling with it. I said, they're not going to pay you enough to survive. The cost of living in Hawaii is a lot worse than it is here in Alaska. And they're, they're not going to pay. She said, I feel like I'm supposed to go. And she's, she said, I'm going to be on staff at this church. And I'm gonna, I feel like I can help them. And I, I just feel like, and I said, you won't have mom and I to help with the kids. It's going to be tough. And I had all my reasons that, that, that a dad would have for saying, no, you don't need to do that. But then just like a Elizabeth, God did something powerful and I remembered it. Because months before that, it was the time when Sarah Mahalski was here. And at the end of the service, she came over and she prayed for me and she gave me a prophetic word. And she said, 
one of your children is going to leave and you're not going to think that it, was, it will be right, but you're going to be amazed at what God's going to do through their life. And I had completely forgotten about that. And I was standing here, I'm your dad. You've done a lot of things that messed your life up. No, I didn't say that. I said, you need to listen to me because I'm the dad. And I know better. But the Holy Spirit reminded me months before, it was probably at least six months before, when Sarah had been, been there and she gave me that word. And when I received that word from, from her, I thought, what? That's not what I want to hear, God. And I just kind of put it on the shelf and forgot about it. And the Holy Spirit reminded me of that time when she prayed and she gave me that word. And when it, when it came back to me, <clears throat> I, I came in and I'd actually recorded it on my phone. Or actually, it was Pam. Pam was there and Pam, I think, recorded it on, on the phone and then gave me a copy of it. I had it on my phone. And I set it down and I said, listen to this. And I said, I still think it's going to be hard on you, but I'm going to support you because I know God's got a plan for you. So when there are times, church, that God calls you to do something, you know it's God. Even if your dad gets in your face and says, I don't think so. That's what happened with Mary. That's what still happens today. God will move and the Holy Spirit will bring that revelation and everything's going to be all right. Amen? That's such a, a beautiful truth and a powerful truth. At that moment, Mary needed to hear that. It was reaffirming to her what she already knew that God had spoken through Gabriel. But, but it, it, it reassured her and it reaffirmed her and it enabled her to take all that weight off of what everybody's going to think and realize God's got this. I'm just going to keep surrendered to Him. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and fulfill what God has promised for my life. And I'm going to leave all that to Him. Amen. So Elizabeth's message was confirming and reaffirming to, to Mary. And the word there, blessed, means again to speak well of. Approval of a person. And Elizabeth uses the word for both Mary and the baby Jesus. So she's saying it's going to be spoken well of you and this child. You and this child. What a beautiful testimony that was. You're going to be well spoken of. Church, as Christians, there are many times that people will come and speak things against us. Don't receive it. Don't receive the things that are not from God that the enemy's trying to speak through someone to tear your life down. Trust in what God has spoken to you. Amen? 
Elizabeth's next statement in verse 43. Notice that. But why is this granted to me that the mother of the Lord should come to me? She said, why? Why did you, you come? This revelation, she realizes, you're the mother of the Messiah. Why did you venture over 50 miles on these ancient roads that were difficult to come to see me? And, and church, what I want you to see there is just the humanity in the midst of the miracle. In other words, she was a relative. She, she loved Mary. They were friends, family members. And she's saying, you know, why did you go all out of your way to do this? And there's a message there, church, that the glory of God is revealed in your everyday, ordinary humanity. Think about it. This Christmas, let the glory of God be manifested in just your regular family getting together or loving one another. Let the glory of God be manifested. Believe that God's going to manifest His glory in the midst of your humanity. How many are for that? Amen? Lord, let it be. It shows us just the human side that we're still human, even in the midst of a miracle. Even Mary and even Elizabeth, in the midst of that miracle of, of, of Jesus coming to this world, there is still everyday things that they're going through. And in the midst of that, the glory of God can be revealed. The third thing I want us to see is Mary's blessing when she speaks that of herself, that I'm blessed. It's found in verse 48 through 50, and this is part of the song of Mary. She says here, For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Did you hear that? God has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. She doesn't look at herself in a way where she's becoming puffed up. She's recognizing Except for the grace of God, there go I. Amen? He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant, for behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. She's saying, because of God's grace and mercy, His love, His working in my life, every generation from now on is going to call me blessed. They're going to see God's grace on my life. They're going to see His blessing on my life. And they're going to say, Mary was blessed. She's recognizing what God was doing in her life and what God was doing through her life. And she's saying, there's no doubt anybody that understands the Lord is going to know that I am blessed. And church, that should be your attitude today, not just Mary's. There should be a song in our heart that says, I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. Amen? And that people from now on that know us, and it may not be that many generations like Mary, but your descendants, your family, your friends, they're going to know. I look back at my grandparents and I say they were blessed. 
They had difficult times like any of us do. They struggled. They had hardships. They went through various different difficulties. But God came through every single time. And I look back, and they would sing that same song if they were here today. I am blessed. I am blessed. Every day that I live, I am blessed. And that's what God wants every one of us to experience. That our children and our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren can look back at our lives and say, the hand of God was on my dad, on my mom, on my grandmother, on my grandfather. They lived for Him just like Mary. They were people of faith. And they were blessed. They lived a blessed life. They were highly favored of the Lord. And if you're not living that life, church, you can. You can live a life where you know you're highly favored, where you're blessed by God. You just have to, like Mary, surrender everything to Him. The third time the word's used here in blessed is a different Greek word. It appears in the text in a, in, a, in a different way from Gabriel and from Elizabeth. In this word that's translated blessed, Mary's talking about herself, and she says, everyone knows that I am blessed. It's, she's simply saying that people are going to understand and they're going to share in my joy. This word means happy and fortunate. Happy and fortunate. So what she is doing there, she's saying, everybody's going to recognize and rejoice with me what God did in my life. And church, I want every one of us to be able to say that. I want every one of us to say, I was surrendered to the Lord, and when you look at my life, you're going to say, I can rejoice with him, or I can rejoice with her in seeing what God did in their life. Amen? I look at Dr. Don and Austri, and it's very easy for me to rejoice with them and what God has done through their lives. Many of you don't know, they pastored a church years ago in the, in the Jesus Revolution time, and, and uh, they, they just experienced miracles of God and, and, and just explosive church growth. And it was hard for them even to keep up. It, and God's grace was upon them. And if you haven't heard those stories, sometimes you need to, sometimes you need to sit down with them and say, Lord, say, share that, what God's done. Because when we, when we tell one another's stories, oh, look what the Lord has done. Amen. It encourages us. It blesses us. If I had time today, I'd tell you some of what God's done in my life. All of us have those testimonies. And that's what Mary's saying. She's saying, I want you to join in with me and rejoice at what the Lord has done. I love that. Rejoice in what the Lord has done. His mercy, His grace, His love, it's the same to us. To do similar things. You say, well, pastor, you're talking about Mary. There's been no one like Mary in Bible history in the sense of bringing birth to Messiah. Yes. In the sense of experiencing the miracle-working power of God in their life and through their life. No. You and I can experience that as well. Do you believe that today, church? 
I want to invite the worship team to come. I believe as we look at this last blessed of Mary as she's singing, it's an invitation, an invitation to all of us to join in with her and rejoice in what God did in her life and through her life. And it's an opportunity for us to rejoice at what God's doing in our lives and through our lives as well. Amen? I want you to stand with me. And I want us to end today for just a moment. I want us to join the worship team. I want you to think about what, what, what we've talked about in, in those three phrases, blessed among women, and when Mary said, I'm blessed as well. I want you to think about what Mary's invitation is. I'm looking over at Brandon and Lauren over here, and I love every, every once in a while, he'll put Facebook pictures of before and after Jesus. <laughs> And you can look at those pictures and you can see a man who's just withering up and has, doesn't have hope. A man who's just struggling because of things in his life. And then you see the other picture and you see just the presence of Jesus and the smile on his face. The peace in his life. And, and I, can, I, can, I can join him today. I can join him and Lauren today. And say, brother, I'm rejoicing at your life. I rejoice at the grace of God that I see is upon your life and what He has done in your life and what He's going to continue to do in your life. Amen? And we could go around the room today. And the, tru the truth is, that could be said for all of us. That could be said for all of us. And I want you to just think about that. Just ponder it in your heart like Mary did. And as they, they begin to lead us in worship, I want you to join and just begin to rejoice in the grace of God, in the love of God in your life, what God's done. I see another one. I can see in Kevin and Keith the difference, what God did in their lives. And now they're just rejoicing and they're transformed. They're not the same anymore. Amen? We could go around Amen? Lance, I could say that about you, and I didn't know you before Jesus, but I guarantee you, I wouldn't have wanted to know you before Jesus. I didn't want to know me before Jesus. I want you to rejoice with me today. Because that can be said about any one of us. You could be a good person and try to be moral and try to do good things and still not know Jesus. And you're still not what God wants you to be because you still have failed. But when we surrender everything just like Mary did, and Mary didn't stop, church, when Jesus ascended into heaven, she was there with the 120 in the upper room. She was praying alongside them. Lord, 
Pour your Spirit out upon us. Lord, give us the promise of the Father that we can be the witnesses that you want us to be. I don't think they were putting her on a pedestal in that prayer meeting. I think Luke is saying she was just there. She was part. The women were part. It wasn't exclusive. for. It wasn't a men's club. It was for people who were hungry for Jesus. It was people who wanted to experience the power of Christ, the outpouring of the Spirit. And Mary was still there wanting God's plan to be fulfilled through her life and in her life. What an amazing testimony that is. You know, if it had been me, if I had been Mary, I think I would have been tempted to just kind of sit back and relax on my spiritual couch saying, I've done something pretty good. But she didn't do that. She was saying, Lord, I'm ready to take the next step in my walk with you. That all generations are going to say I'm blessed. I want them to see the blessing of God in my life again and again. And I want to ask you today, you are just as unique as Mary. God has a plan for your life. And that plan was established before the foundation of the world. Are you like Mary? Are you going to continue to say, Lord, Whatever else, Lord, according to your word, let it be in my life. According to your word. I want you to think about that while we sing this song together. Just rejoice in what the Lord has done. Go ahead.